From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 511. Today's show is brought to you by the Candelaya Pen Co., Squarespace, and Trade. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by the first and last word in stationery, Brad Dowdy. <laughs> we're going to do this, huh? Yeah, yeah. So before the show, we were hanging out in the Discord. We, we usually like have a little pregame, which mm-hmm. any Relay FM member can listen to live um, if you... Go check out Relay.fm slash membership. We'll be talking about that again in a little while because we've got the Lego build coming up. For our very soon, Lego very build. soon. Uh, but th- we have a live stream. Uh, actually, you can listen to the live stream for free online, but the the, the Discord is uh, part of the memberships where people talk mm-hmm. uh, and hang out. And we were talking about professional bios. Like, you know, like kind of like, what mm-hmm. do you, how do you write your bio? Um, and uh, I came up with Brad as the first and last word in stationery, which I, I'm not sure he wants to use because that is really like if you're saying that about yourself, you know, that's like yeah. a lot. You're really, you're yeah. really layering yeah. on the pressure. But I think I might say, <laughs> it you. yeah, that's totally not my move. And um, and the joke was, which we're actually is a good lead into today's first topic is I don't I can't even write in the correct date in my planner. There's yeah. no way I could be the first and last word about stationary when I don't even know what day it is. Mike, is 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 this actually the podcast? Are we? Is this live or is this a dream? Like, am I in a dream state right now? I don't know what day it is. No, this is Wednesday of last week. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> even two weeks ago, based yeah. on based on this planner situation, I found myself in. Um, allow me to talk about this, Mike, Please. because in all my years of either trying to plan, not planning effectively planning anytime i've tried to do things this has never happened to me what has transpired if i could um, just Monday before, before you go into a big story here like uh, mm-hmm. uh, just, just in case it helps you uh i did notice uh i think in mid-march that mm-hmm. i had been writing 2021 every single day into my theme system journal Ooh, for like, three months like once you saw it that's what it was yeah. and, and i just would you look just brought it to life yep. every single day so you know yeah yeah it happens it happens and to me what happened uh to to recap for new listeners um a lot of existing listeners know this i have been using an a5 hobonichi cousin this year and it has one page per day and that one page is dated so it is a dated planner that i'm using so for you know Wednesday, it says, you know, whatever today's date is, and that's the day you write on. And generally, those things match up with the reality of the situation. So on today, Wednesday, April 27th, I would write things related to today, Wednesday, April 27th. My problem lies when I took a vacation earlier this month, at the Mm -hmm. beginning of April. First week of April, I took a vacation. And I brought my planner with me. So it was a very busy time in my life leading up to my vacation, right? I went to the Atlanta Pen Show. I had my daughter's prom and I left for a vacation in the span of like 24 to 48 hours. So I was very busy. Brought my planner with me on vacation, not to use as like I was going to work on vacation. It was like a real vacation. Like I was not doing work. I had planned ahead, gotten everything done that I needed to, aside from podcasts, which is, Mm -hmm. it actually works out very well for me. So for the end of that vacation week, nothing, no entries happened in my planner, right? Blank pages, completely blank pages for the last half of the vacation week. Cool. 
I'm good with that. It's the first pages I had not finished in my planner for 2022. Like, that's a good, I've, I've been on a good run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been on a really good run. I had every day of the week, I have updated my planner, you know, in whether it's planner information, you know, like tasks, to do's, notes, business, work, life stuff, or a few little journal notes, or could just be pen and ink testing, right? Because the Hobonichi people, one of the reasons why people use it is because it's got this really nice Tomoe River paper. So great. Finish vacation, come back the next Monday, start writing in my planner. Cool. And I go to town for about two weeks straight, like after vacation, like, hey, things are going great in my planner, picked it up the Monday after vacation ended, ignored the blank days I had at the end of vacation. I was like, here's the end of these blank days. I'm going to pick, there goes that Monday, right? Whole week of planning, great. Next whole week of planning starts and all of a sudden I turn the page and it's, um, why am I seeing Sunday, May the 1st as the next open page in my planner to write on? And I stopped dead in my tracks and had to reevaluate my entire existence because I've been living on the wrong day for two weeks straight without two noticing. Weeks. That's a, I thought it was just one week. I did too in the beginning Ooh. until Ooh. I researched it. When I first noticed it, I said, oh, I'm on the wrong week. And then I spent, like I, once I wrapped my brain around what happened, I had to go back and figure out how it happened and realize I'd been doing it for two weeks. Mm. That was the bigger problem. <laughs> it's not well, I get you know making a mistake starting on the wrong week but I continued that for two weeks straight and then that's where I broke my brain that's, that's where nice, I man. started to have a problem I would have gotten it probably wouldn't even have been a show topic if I was like oh you know I screwed up the week whatever did did the wrong week on there it happened with the vacation thing the problem where I really have a problem with it is the two week mm-hmm. issue. And it took me until I ran out the end of the month a whole week ahead of time. At no point did I match up the actual date that I was writing on to the date that was actually happening in the real world. Right. I just, well, what does it that was, say to you? You didn't need for two weeks. You weren't even paying attention to the date. Like what does that mean? Yeah. Well, cause I never do because yeah. I look at the last page I filled out. Yep. Which would have been, let's just pick Monday. Okay, mm-hmm. is today Tuesday equals yes, then right. Mm-hmm. Never matching up the number to the actual date, just mm-hmm. the day, right? So it was basically, I was programmed, you know, does is today Tuesday? Yes. Okay, then we write on Tuesday's page. <laughs> Except I had been on the wrong date for two weeks. For somehow, after vacation... I grabbed an extra three pages, right? This thin Tomoe River paper and just flipped them to the next Monday thinking I, those were the days that I had missed. Hey, these are the blank days from vacation, right? So I actually grabbed an entire extra week before I restarted the planner again on um, what was uh, I was writing on Monday the 18th for what was actually should have been writing on Monday the 11th. And then I did that all the way up until this past Monday, which was two weeks, <laughs> a two-week mm-hmm. span before I realized that, uh-oh, we have a problem. So 
I, I shared my challenges on Twitter and on Instagram. I got some good advice, Mike, that I wanted to share um, with, with everyone in trying to correct this situation. So I put an image up on Instagram where I changed the 11th. So what I'm doing to fix this, Mike, is I'm going to fill in the week that I skipped and we're going to go back in time. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. What are you talking yeah. about? I can't not have... I can't continue down this path that I'm on. Well, no, I have of course things, not. But just skip have, a week. No. What do you because mean, no? I have, I have things to write down today but no. and yesterday and Monday. Yeah, so but they start get from on, the actual real date. Those were already filled. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, you're with me now. Yeah. This is a problem. Huh. <laughs> so I had to go back to the real blank week that happened i had to get in the time machine mike hang go on a back second. to a, hang mm. on a second hang on a second i've gotten lost now yeah trust me this was my morning so there on were monday two things happening you skipped a week but mm. then also went forward in the journal well yeah because i didn't know i was going forward i thought i was in the right place i'm really confused brad I so filled, I should just say, I should I just say spent this two is really weeks. bad for me, this topic yeah. today. So I've yeah. been sick. I, I mentioned on last week's episode, maybe, or afterwards. I, I think it was after. It was after. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of COVID symptoms, but don't have COVID. So I probably mm-hmm. just have actual like fluey like symptoms. One of the things I've really been struggling with this week is uh, to comprehension. Yeah. Like I'm getting really, conf- I'm getting very easily right. confused. So let and me so do now it. I'm lost. I'm lost. You've lost me now. Why so do you I'm need gonna, to go back? I don't get I'm it. Gonna, I'm going to keep this as simple as I think as simple as possible in okay. a complex situation. I accidentally skipped a week in my planner. Uh-huh. Okay. And then I started writing for two weeks before I realized I had skipped that week. So wait, okay. wait, wait. Because this is what skipped means. Because... So you saying you were meant to say like on say like on April first, you okay. just started writing on the April seventh page. Correct. You see, I tell you why I got lost there. Not knowing that I had done that when you first said skipped, I thought you meant what you actually did was just you didn't write in it for a week because that's no. also skipping it, right? So I did that as well. Yeah, that's that's. This is why I got confused. Right. Is that you both didn't do it, and then when you came back to it, went forward by seven days. Exactly. That's crazy what you have done. How did you yep. manage that, Brad? I just now I have a better understanding of why you're so upset. <laughs> so yes, so we're going to explore how that happened. Okay. And someone put it in in my Instagram page. Um, when I have done this has happened to me. Uh, who who wrote this? So um, I wrote down a bunch of these scribbles and stuff. So I wrote down a bunch of Instagram comments. This has happened to me. What you have to do is on those days where you're choosing not to write on your vacation, you have to mark something on those pages. Just write vacation on them. Mm-hmm. So my pages where I purposefully on vacation chose not to use my planner, I left blank. Okay. Mm-hmm. So roll through the end of the vacation week. It's the Sunday. I have a bunch of blank pages. So now I'm ready for Monday to restart my plannering. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I go to quote Monday, except I had grabbed an extra three sheets and skipped that whole week after vacation 
because there wasn't a page marked prior to the Monday where I was restarting my planner. There wasn't a vacation mark in the book. Mm. So I didn't see that. So I knew that I had blank pages. So it didn't even, you know, phase me that the Monday, that the Sunday before the Monday I picked back up in my planner wasn't written on. Mm. So I just went to town, back to work, Monday, back to work, started writing. I didn't compare the dates. I just, hey, Monday is today after my vacation blank sheets. So I had an assumption that the sheets before were going to be blank. So I just went to town. The problem is, again, I wrote for two weeks straight, never looking at that date. Hmm. So yeah, so I had blank pages on purpose at the end of vacation. Then I gapped it accidentally. See, I'm not sure that writing the... Why would writing the vacation thing help you in this scenario? Because because would, I would have seen something written on the page. The uh-huh. expectation would not have been a blank page before I restarted right. again. The problem is you just opened it and you were on a blank yep. page and it was Monday and you were just yep. like, oh, this must be it then. Yep, and then the Sunday before, oh, you really I expected it to be that, blank. You? Like, oh, it was horrible. <laughs> this, this is a terrible this is page. <laughs> this is a t- yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Monday, me right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I totally screwed this up. So, yeah, marking anything on the page would have kept me in line. Mm-hmm. Right? Even if I got home, Monday said, I need to go back and vacation up all these pages, I would have started correctly. So... I got a lot of, on one hand, I got some sympathy <laughs> in the Instagram comments. On the other hand, expectedly so, I got some outrage. Like, what are you doing? How did this happen? You're an idiot, um, which is fair. Um, I got some thoughts and prayers in this difficult time. So thank you, Inkwell Monster, for that. Um, I got a lot of people uh, saying that I just need to burn it now. I've ruined the entire planner. You should you should burn the thing. It's like finding a spider in your house. Well, I, it's time to burn the house, right? Like there was a spider here. Like this is what I have done. Um, I have got a lot of commentary that this is why you use undated planners because when it was Monday, I would have had to write in the date myself and I wouldn't have had this problem. <laughs> yeah. So, um. This all boils down to what am I doing now to fix it, Mike? I have to fix, I'm writing this week on the two weeks ago missed week because I can't write ahead anymore because okay. I'm already filled out through the end of April right? Um, for my mistake. So I have to, I have scratched out two weeks ago's dates to make them this week's dates. We'll finish this week out and then we'll start back on Sunday, May the 1st or Monday, May the 2nd, and Mm -hmm. this long national nightmare will be over. It it was, I was so thrown off on Monday when I discovered this that I I was just stunned for like an hour straight. So that's why I was just like spewing my thoughts on Twitter and Instagram. Like, how did this happen? What have I done? It actually, I, I was figuring this out in real time. Like it, when, if you follow my Twitter thread, I was like, I have made a huge mistake. And then, like, five minutes later, I finally figured out. I was like, oh, no, I have really made a huge mistake because it's carried on for longer than I anticipated. So this has been a real learning experience. It's just, It's been good. I mean, it's not good because I hate having out-of-order plannering, and now I'm just thoroughly confused myself, so I'm just going to get through this mm-hmm. week. But it's been good that I care enough that I've stuck with this planner so far. This is the first time in a long time that this has actually worked because previously all I would have done 
my previous layout was two page per week, right? I'd have seven days on the left and then a blank page on the right for notes. I it, it would just be I I wouldn't have made been able to make this mistake. Um, so yeah, I've learned something about myself and how I use planners and how little I look at the dates. Uh, like like Kate in the chat says, the moral uh, the moral here is that you should look at the dates more, and that's true. It's like. I had to make sure when I discovered this, what really, what is today? Like I'm pulling up calendars. Like is today really April 25th? Like Monday when I figured it out. Who could know? Who knows? I I had myself that confused and turned around. It was a nightmare and I'm still living it, but I've got everything corrected. So I've got the two weeks that I've written on the wrong dates. I have those date corrected. And then I have (laughs) three weeks ago, essentially, uh, or two weeks ago, the April 11th week, I have now modified into the 25th, April 25th week. And it's just a mess. Get me through this week. We'll be back to normal in my plan on Monday until I discover the next mess that I make for myself. This is all completely self-inflicted. If I would have just marked off those days, I think I would have caught it a lot earlier. And I'm I'm terrible at this. So yeah, there you go. It's it's been a good week in in planner dumb. We weren't going to. I think we just did a planner update like a week or two ago. I wasn't planning to do another one this soon. But when you wreck your planner this bad, um, it's worth um, you know, it's it's worth speaking speaking the truth and and learning from the experience. Should we take a break? Make you feel a bit better. <sighs> I'm exhausted just from re- revisiting that. Yeah. So I have to look at my planner every day now and go, you've really mucked this up, buddy. So get me through this week, Mike, and today is the day to do it. Stop looking at your planner and start looking up to the skies, my friend. Okay. This episode is brought to you by the Canalea Pen Co. Canalea makes stunning and beautiful pens inspired by images of Hawaii. Canalea's founders, Hugh and Carol, believe that these locations can help recharge our spirit and connect us with nature. And while the story behind these pens is always wonderful... In my opinion, it is the execution that sets them apart from the rest. Every single Canalea pen is handmade in a process that means that no two pens will ever look alike. So you get something which is truly unique for you. Today, we are excited to introduce you to the Leva Lani collection from Canalea. This design represents the sky at night in Kauai with its deep, dark blue, vibrant stars and the visible shimmer of the Milky Way. Once you know this, it's impossible to see anything else in this wonderful design. It is a beautiful recreation of this dark sky at night where standing on the northernmost point of Kauai, you feel as if the Milky Way is almost in reach. Kanalea picked the sky over Kauai because of the stunning views that you get, which you can see from the accompanying imagery on their website, and they've managed to capture this perfectly once again. The Le Valani collection consists of the fountain pen model in five styles. So they have their, like, the different profiles. They have a ballpoint and also the return of the My Lei Lei Band, a wonderful option made of Argentium silver, adorning Canalea's classic fountain pen profile. A My Lei Lei is used in Hawaii to celebrate important life events, which I think lends itself quite nicely um, to a pen. Like I, th- I think that the that while you are adding, of course, cost to the pen, making it more special, I actually think the Miley Lay makes the pens more of like a moment, you know, like a mm-hmm. celebration, a gift, that kind of thing. Um, Canalea also now offer the medallions, which are like the 
how would you say it goes on the top of the cap, right? It's not a right. finial, but it like it's on the, it's the the like the little coin, I guess, that's on mm-hmm. the top of mm-hmm. the caps. They now offer those and the clips in Argentium silver too, so you can you can go to town, right? This is a, yep. a, a new a new thing that they have. Canalea fountain pens feature Yoa number six nibs. You can buy them in steel or eighteen karat gold nibs directly from Canalea. They offer sizes from extra fine to 1.1 millimeter stub. And one of my favorite things is that every single pen is hand-tuned by Hugh. Every nib is perfect before it leaves the shop, so it's going to write fantastically. And it's presented in their beautiful, lovely black walnut keepsake box, which is always a real pleasure. Their packaging is just best in class. With every purchase from the Leivalani collection, Canalea is giving back to conservation funds and community programs in Kauai and the North Shore community as well to give back to these wonderful places. So go and see these beautiful products for yourself right now at canaleapenco.com. That is canaleapenco.com to choose your aloha today. Our thanks to Canalea Penco for their support of this show. Now, we both have these, right? I have yes. the, the regular one. What so what what is the regular one for you? There's the the traditional shape. No no mylele band, right? No mylele band this time. No clip. No clip. Then I think we have the same one. Yep. So this is I call it the standard, but it's not the standard. Uh, right. It's the, it's the it's not the classic profile. It's my preferred option because it, it's the <laughs> one that I always think of for them. It's like oh yeah, yes. that's a Canalea pen. Uh, it is classic flush. Classic flush. That's the one that I always think of. It's because they have the classic. The classic is where the cap is a little bit larger than the body, and that's what they use right. for the Miley Lay ones. Mm-hmm. But classic flush is straight sided, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, smooth connection, no differentiation between where the cap hits the barrel. Um, so, like you said, we we both have this this pen in hand. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to? Go first. How do you want me to discuss this? I mean, I can talk about my experience with it. So, okay. like, I took it out the of the packaging because we don't. When Hugh and Carol send these to us um, as part of these sponsorships, they don't. We don't know anything about the pen at all, right. and it's just a case of like taking it out of the packaging and seeing it for ourselves. And I took it out the packaging, and I was like, "Oh, they're going for like a kind of uh, underwater vibe or something like that, right?" Mm-hmm. And then I turned it over and saw the huge blue shimmery streak running down the whole yep. body of the pen, and I'm like, yep. "Oh boy, what's this?" And then I looked <laughs> at the imagery, and like, it's amazing. Like, you know, if you look at the imagery, if you look at any imagery of of like I was doing some googling of this, of like the Milky Way um, mm-hmm. over like Kauai. You see it like in every image. It's always this like this very large streak of color or of stars going over just one area in the sky. And they have replicated this so well. And again, you know, we've been talking about this, like maybe the last four or five pens uh, from Canalea. The thing that always hits me hardest is the depth that they're able to achieve in the acrylic and that is like this one it, it it is genuinely to me looks like something like there is this like blue shimmer trapped inside of the pen somewhere it, it's really very cool very special and and i also actually am, i kind of like that they're doing this thing they're moving up now you know like with, with the last one they moved down they went underwater <laughs> right and that's now true, they're moving that's true. up to the sky I, I i like this kind of like exploration they're doing in theme i have a lot to say about this material and my thoughts on when I 
unboxed it. First and foremost, I think they got the name wrong. Uh, the Lavalani. I think it should just be called the Kanalea Bilmi because that's what <laughs> I told this them. Is, this is for you, huh? This one? When I open this up, yeah. this will be my most used Kanalea pen by far. I have three. This this makes three Kanalea pens that I have. Yeah. I have the Red Cherry. I have the Hanama Bay, which are both striking and beautiful in their own ways. But at a point, it, for for my use, right, for my intention when I'm looking at a pen on a desk... The, the louder and more vibrant the pen is, the shorter the shelf life is for, say, that that usage, right? I always want to come Less back adaptable, to it. Yeah, maybe. I always want to come back to it. I buy them for a reason because I love the really standout bits of color, right? Like, uh-huh. it's very, very well known that give me all the, all the shimmer, all the swirls, all the pinks, all the purples. This is so different in not just like that style. I think that's also why I like the red cherry. It's a little bit more subtle while being bright. This is different to me because they've done a galaxy night sky type of pen without using glitter. Yes, that's actually a really important thing to mention. So they're representing the way the stars. Yeah. But they look like to me, like flax of acrylic yeah it's almost like you've seen pens and a lot of some of our listeners have seen pens with like an external eggshell treatment on there mm-hmm. and this is more like an internal like an amoebic like all these different weird shapes and sizes of like it's it's more of a true representation of a night sky as yeah. opposed to just throw as much glitter into the pen as you can which yeah, hey physically i'm not knocking different that. in size but mm-hmm. also again in in depth right of how close right. they are to and so yeah it does it does add a i hadn't i hadn't noticed that myself until you say it now i see what i'm seeing if that makes sense yep. right i think you've done a really great way of of saying of like it's not shimmery right as such like it's not sparkly it's it's kind of more deep Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I yeah. love my shimmer glitter pens, right? But I don't need all of them to be that way. Right. So, this is a different representation of a style of pen that I like, where you get this character of, hey, the night sky and the galaxy. And they're having this huge, perfectly lined up, brighter, subtle Milky Way stripe through there. Um, it's about one sixth of the width of the pen, so it's a wide stripe, maybe even a quarter. It might take up a whole quarter side of the pen, but it's only on that side, right? Yeah. So you turn it, and it's like, oh, this is a great night sky. Look at all these stars, and then you get this huge line from like top to bottom of the Question pen of you. just the brightness. Yeah. And maybe I should have asked this to you and Carol. On my pen, it lines up. Mm-hmm. Does it line up on yours? It does, and it's single threaded. So, or like a single—I don't know the the official terminology. So, but it's like basically a, it's not a two access point uh, threading, yeah. right? So you don't have to work to line it up. You just put on the cap, and it lines up automatically. Now, and every time, I'm assuming that's probably the case of this pen. I was going to ask you in general. Yeah. So I would say if they have managed that. I think because Bravo. it's a talking point. I think yes. because it's a talking point in the marketing. I think they kind of have to, right? But you I was, have to like, execute like, that, If they right? have managed that, which I'm expecting they have, that is no mean feat. <laughs> right, and right, right. I'll say bravo to them, like for yeah. for managing that. Yeah. So like my Hanama Bay has like uh, it has like run throughs of acrylic, and they they generally line up, but it's not it's not like guaranteed, right? Uh-huh. 
this seems more purposeful yeah. uh, in in that aspect. So anyway, um, yes, they sponsor us. Yes, they're our friends. Yes, I bought this pen because I really, really, genuinely love it. And I, again, this will be easily my most use of the three canale is probably because it's new you know there's a lot of uh recency bias in it but it's really really different right. um it's gonna it's it's a good complement and a good um kind of diversion from you know the way some of the other pins acrylics are created and it's good to kind of have that variance in your product lineup while still being able to tell the same cohesive big picture story mm -hmm. to have all these little individual stories and the differences in between them in, in the materials. So yeah, like, um, I, I'm kind of, it's, it's one of those pens you just, you pick up and keep, keep staring at and kind of fascinated by it. So I yeah. think you have, you have mentioned something again, this is why you're the first and last word in, uh, in stationary <laughs> and something I wouldn't, I wouldn't have considered is while still being, striking and beautiful it is less in your face maybe than some of their other designs right and so this might be this may be more attractive to someone who is otherwise like oh i don't know like if this right. one is for me so right uh, whilst also having i think one of their more special elements which is that 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 shimmer line that runs through mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. blue blue shimmery uh, acrylic that's running through the middle i think that, right. that is so so special how they've managed to do that so yeah, I was my my biggest my biggest takeaway was the the execution without the glitter and yeah uh, I I just uh, that that's me that's a personal thing right I have enough like I'm good on the yeah. glitter I'm good on the swirls I'll still buy some more if I see some right mm -hmm. but like not every you know night sky pen has to have glitter in it right and mm -hmm. I thought they did did this really well so yeah. Great, great job. Uh, As always. Great job again. Yeah, great job again. I will tell you, Red, the, uh, weirdly, not weirdly, but the one that is calling to me mm -hmm. is the My Lay Lay version with the clip. Because mm -hmm. I'll tell you, man, I love the band. Like, I have one of those, right? You have one. Um, yeah, I, I don't one, have one. I adore it. I think yeah. it is so special and feels so nice. Like, that's what I... I, I'm honestly like given the choice it is more expensive of course right but given sure. the, the choice I would that would be my choice with 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 a Canaleo's pens now is, is to get that yep. band uh, but you know yeah you are pushing the price up there and I think I think that's what makes the story of that part work in that like it is a a thing meant for a special occasion I think works works yeah. pretty nicely because that is a special occasion kind of kind of price range. But yeah, I, I and I've it. I've gone through I've worked with them like when we get these testers. Hey, send me one with the clip. Hey, send me one with the My Lele band. I I'm very happy with just the traditional flush without the extra hardware. I kept mm -hmm. trying. I like I wanted to try those to see if they work well for me, and they don't. Like this is my classic flush. No added hardware is my preferred Canalea yeah. setup that I yeah, found. The regular but that doesn't dis a regular doesn't classic discount. flush, yeah. I, uh, that was never for me. Like, just with the mm -hmm. uh, regular classic, sorry, yeah. with the, just the larger cap was never for me, but putting the band on it gives it a reason. And yep. yeah. And I could, right. like, I would have picked that out between you and I. Who's the My Lay Lay guy? Well, I, I think Mike <laughs> would probably be into that. Not that I, I, I don't absolutely love it, but if I'm going to use the pen, it's a little more difficult for me because yeah. these are already like the maximum size pen for me. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, 
anything additional uh, doesn't work for me, which, you know, I was, I'm fortunate to be able to try out a bunch of things and see what I like. And this is what I like. And I'm, I'm obviously pretty happy with this one. Do you want to tell me uh, something about Pilot Orochizuku ink cartridges? They're coming. I was hoping, we talked about this when they um, launched their new colors not too long ago. Mm. Um, they, I was hoping that we would see some Orochizuku ink cartridges. Just, you know, hopefully they would follow in the line of Sailor. Um, ink cartridges are always an interesting conversation, right? Because they're the least cost-effective type of you know ink delivery platform and most waste most expensive but darn it if they aren't super super useful to you know someone who uses as many different fountain pens like me and i've always used pilot blue black cartridges as one of my main cartridges and then you know platinum has always had you know blue black cartridges that i could just take and pop in to uh, to fill in, you know, fill up any pin that I want. I really like the portability of cartridges. And now we're going to get Orochizuku ink cartridges. And it doesn't look like the entire lineup, but it looks like a dozen or so to start with, which I think is a good starting point. Um, you know, they have um, some of the main inks. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of favorite Orochizuku inks, and I'm sure maybe their favorites miss. But, you know, it has Kanpeki. It has, you know, Shinkai. It has Sukiyo. What it doesn't have is one of the oranges, Mike. It doesn't have uh, Yuyaki or Fuyugaki, which I think yeah, is a little bit this weird. It's very blue heavy. It is. It's very, very standard, I would right? count to six blues. Yeah, one, two, and three, four, five, six. Yeah, and then a green. So yeah, so it is not the most colorful range representative representative range of the Rose Jizuku lineup, but I think it's a start. So hopefully we'll see more. I mean, I'm I'll go straight into um, some Sukiyo cartridges, which I'll use for my Milky Way Namiki. Like that's the only ink I put in there. I use a Con seventy converter, and if I like the weight of not having the con 70 which yeah. i think i will on that namiki i i will only ever use the sukiyo cartridges in there and i'll just be thrilled with that like this kind of stuff thrills me i'm willing to pay the premium um monetarily and ecologically <laughs> i that sounds terrible to say you know it, it is not an eco-friendly process here and you know i i i'm Hopefully I'll be able to to get these and you know I will enjoy them just like the sailor ones like I got to I got to go pick up some of the sailor ones right for all the sailor pins I use um I've never made the effort to go and grab some of the sailor ones so I need to do that as well um sailor does have a, a wider color range than than pilot is uh launching with well it's um, time isn't it yeah you know it's so, worth no it's cool probably doesn't need to be said but I'll say it anyway um obviously these are Pilot's cartridge system is proprietary. Correct. So these cartridges will only work in Pilot pens. Yep. Same with Sailor, same with yep. Platinum. So just, there's just something a lot worth of... noting, right? Like, no, obviously, no, was, that's not that was the, the case next thing the I was going to say. Right? Like, you right. can just get a converter, you put it in any pen you want. These yep. are, you know, and Pilot have a, you know, they don't use any of the standard uh, fittings. They have their own fitting. Right. Right, just like I use specific things for specific pens, especially with cartridges, um, especially as far as cartridges go. So, you know, I'm I'm anxious to to try these myself. Um, Sailor, I'm a little bit more open to just like I don't have to have the cartridge because Sailor makes so many wild 
um, ink colors, and I, I don't mind using all of Sailor's Wild ink colors with all of Sailor's pens. I mean, I... I, it's it's rare that I don't ink up a sailor pen with a sailor ink because the supply is endless just from sailor themselves and then all the store exclusives and specials that they have. So it's not as I that's why I probably haven't bought the cartridges yet, even though I want to test them out. But the pilot ones I will definitely because like they'll work great for the vanishing points, right? And they'll work great for other pens that I use oh, pilot cartridges these, only in. So are they will these fit in my M ninety? Mm, they should because you use the purple cartridge um, for that, and I think it's it's the same shape cartridge, right? You use the purple, the, yeah, the pilot it's the shape, uh, but I don't know if it's the size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should it should be identical. Oh, now we're off to the races, right? Oh, I'm gonna so, buy yeah. these then, because yeah, because I use cartridges about. in the in the in the M90. Right. I always have. Yeah, and I always use the blue black in my Murex. So I use like, the red at the moment. Because I couldn't okay. get the purple, so I bought like a few boxes of the red. Um, gotcha. And so, yeah, when these when these make their way uh, outside of Japan, I'll buy some. I don't know which yeah. color. Uh, maybe these the purple one, Murasaki Shikibu or mm-hmm. Yamabudo, maybe. Yep. I'll go with that. All good okay. stuff. Good stuff. So, yeah, I look forward to them. Hope they'll be coming available. I don't, I mean, maybe they don't even make it to the yes, who knows, but. Um, yeah. I'll source out a, a box or two. Someone's I don't need a bunch it, right? of these. Yeah, I hope so. I don't need a box of these. Hopefully find them at a pen show at a minimum. So, yeah. There you go. Uh, the pen addict listeners have been asking. They've been demanding, pleading. <laughs> Brad, do you have an update on the Twisby Ultimatum? Which, when I first saw this, I was like, I have a pen called the Ultimatum? <laughs> this, is where, this is where I am. If they're smart, if they're smart, they need to just lean into this uh-huh. whole situation and make the Twisby Ultimatum. Like that's, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them to just come out with a Twisby ultimatum. Like that would be good. So we haven't heard much, or at least I haven't heard much since the ultimatum came out that, you know, Twisby was um, taking a stance that Narwhal had copied their piston and in the future uh, retailers would need to basically pick you either carry Twisby products and not Narwhal, or if you continue to carry Narwhal, we will no longer sell you. Twisby. Uh-huh. And it's been kind of, what, it's been a month or maybe a little bit more. And, you know, at first, obviously, when that came out, it was, you know, pretty uproar and we had some things to say about it. And I still stand by all those things. But it's, it's gotten kind of quiet. And I was kind of wondering, is this just going to go away? Is this going to yeah. vanish? Is this going to be a nothing burger? So I had some questions this week from listeners wanting an update. So I asked around to friends in the industry and just checked in a few different sources and this is absolutely not going away that was clear by talking to multiple different people what's going to happen i don't know but my maybe guess that it hey maybe those will just all just vanish and nothing will go further um that is couldn't be further from the truth it is apparently nothing has changed as far as any stances go so we're just going to have to see how it plays out like on the retail front, right? Like are our retailers going to have to make this decision or are they going to put up a fight somehow? I don't know so anything rem- more than that. To, as a reminder, Twisby is saying any vendor that wants to sell novel that wants to sell Twisby pens cannot sell novel pens. If you do, you we won't you won't be able to stock our products anymore, right? Correct. Correct. So apparently that is still, 
I, I don't know. Was there a there might have been a date like a date by I think it's like now. May first. May first. The, the time is now, which is why we were getting asked. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So I was thinking it was coming up right around now. So yeah, we're gonna see some decisions being made. I don't know who's doing what or or huh. or when, but it is absolutely still a situation. Um that that we've heard of um like right from the jump it is not going away so we will probably start to actually hear more about it once these decisions are having to be made and if any companies are going to discuss you know why they make decision x or decision y and i don't know if we'll hear more from the companies themselves or not um they've been pretty quiet on this front um as well do you remember when it was that we spoke about this it was almost exactly a month ago, right? It was before the Atlanta Pen Show, okay. end of March, sometime. So we'll have to f- figure out the right date. But uh, around the end of March, uh, middle of March, something like that. So I guess it's been probably five or six weeks, right? So huh. yeah, that's. I don't have a great update, other than the update is it's definitely one hundred percent not going away. There is going to be ramifications somewhere for someone. I just don't know who, when, or where. Yeah. But it's not going away. That I got, the answer to that was very consistent. So, there you go. Huh. So do, do you expect that brands, what? I think there's going to be choice on both sides. Well, right? yeah. Some people, I think, I think, yeah. Um, I'll say this. Twisby's been around a lot longer and they make up a lot more business to retailers' bottom this, line this than Narwhal. Is this is anecdotal. I'm this dance I'm not, around. Yeah, like, I'm not saying that as I know this for a fact, but I think it's pretty obvious that Twisby is more affecting to retailers' bottom lines yeah. than Narwhal. This is like so Sky in the Discord saying it feels like Twisby are shooting themselves in the foot. I don't think that's the case at all. I think they know exactly what they're doing. And again, like, I, 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 no, I, I don't, don't think this is going to make a difference, Brad, because I think probably what's most likely to happen is if a retailer is going to decide if they're doing it on sales, they're probably going to go with Twisby, I would assume. Mm-hmm. And therefore, Twisby got what they wanted, right? Which sucks for all of us. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. Like, it, it's it's a bully tactic. I hate that they're using the retailers like this. I've I've said as much when we talked about it uh, before. I I hate this path, but I understand. Yeah, they have to yeah. do something. Like, if they feel wronged, they're going to do something. Just putting it in the uh, making retailers decide, I think, is, is the wrong This is move. where we're in a complete agreement. I have no problem with them feeling like they need to defend something if they feel that they have been wrong. Sure. Right? Yeah. I, as I said, I don't think I can come to a decision. We can't come to a decision as to who was right and who was wrong here. Right. Um, it's way over our pay grades, I think. Right. Uh, and I have no problem if they feel like they need to do it to like go through the channels to deal mm-hmm. with it. Putting the decision in the hands of pen vendors, basically blackmailing them because they're mm-hmm. aware of Twisby is aware of their market position. That is a strong arm tactic that I don't right. enjoy. But I don't think in the long term this is a bad thing for Twisby. Like maybe some mm-hmm. people in this corner of the community are gonna stop buying Twisby pens mm-hmm. or 
will stop buying Twisby pens for a while until they forget why they stopped buying Twisby pens and then buy Twisby mm-hmm. pens again, which I think mm-hmm. that is no criticism, but that kind of stuff no, happens no. all the time, right? Sure. Um, they only have so much limited room for stuff we can remember. But we are, I'm sure, a small portion of their market. And Yeah. You know? I just think when the consumers get penalized and the retailers get penalized, all from their, none of it's their own doing, um, you just start to look negatively at the companies involved and who has driven these these discussions. And like, what, like, we didn't do anything. The retailers didn't do anything. And now they're put in a position to have to answer all these questions. I, it, I just don't think it's a good business practice, obviously, mm-hmm. but it, at the at the same turn, you and I both agree that if they feel wrong, they are going to do something. And so it, it's just it's just the 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 long tail of of that decision. Uh-huh. Um, it negatively affects. I mean, the, they clearly the believe it, whole. right? Oh, yeah. Like, sure. I I don't think. I'm just going to assume that Twisby don't necessarily feel threatened. Right. right. It, uh, like I, I used the term bully before, and I, I fully believe that's what this is. Yeah, it's it's very strange to me. This is very strange, very strange. I so, wish that everyone would be a little bit more open about it. But not long story short, um, this isn't the last time we're going to be discussing this. Yep, unfortunately. All right, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Trade. I love coffee. Brad loves coffee. We all love mm. coffee here, right? Coffee. coffee. I, I, I honestly, I think coffee is like a real good overlap thing for pens because you can be like real fussy about it and get all the good equipment and stuff like that. But you actually need good materials, right? You can have as much. This is just, and honestly, Brad. It's just like pens. You can have the greatest <laughs> pen in the world, right? But you got, haven't got good ink for it. That's not going to be any good. Mm. It's the same with coffee. You can have all of the equipment, but if you don't have the best beans on hand, you're not going to get a great cup of coffee at the end of the day. And that is what trade is all about for connecting you with these roasters. Brad, you've had great coffee from trade, right? You were telling me you found a new roaster that you love. Yeah, Portrait out of Atlanta. Mm. Uh, Consistently great quality beans, um, kind of... You know, again, like we we talked about the trade, like the little quiz. Hey, like what? How do you like your coffee? What yep. you know, flavor notes do you like? And to match that up, and then to you know take that take that input and match me up with like kind of a perfect match, like from the jump. Yeah. And by the way, they're kind of localish to me. You know, very. You know, it's I'm not driving over to them. You know, on a weekly basis, but sure. you know they're in 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 the region. Um, it's it's really cool. Like it just puts a smile on your face when things work out that well. So yeah, it's been great. When you become a trade coffee customer, you can enjoy knowing that you've got the freshest and best tasting coffee you've ever made at home. And the coffee you'll be drinking will be from the country's best independent craft roasters, which helps out small businesses a lot too. This is super cool. Trade's coffee team actually taste tests thousands of coffees to make sure they can keep 450 different kinds <laughs> live and ready to ship every single Imagine day. Imagine being on that team. Oh, man, come on. That would be <laughs> quite an experience. Everyone has that one coffee that they just love, and Trade will help you find it. Trade is so incredibly confident that they'll match you right the first time, and if they don't, just give them your feedback, and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send a brand new bag for free so you know that you'll be looked after. Whether your friends call you a coffee snob or you just know, you know, you just know. 
when coffee tastes really perfect. Trades real coffee experts personally taste test those hundreds of roasts so they know exactly what to recommend to you. And Trade delivers a bag of freshly roasted coffee as whole beans or ground or however you brew it at home. And they guarantee you'll love your first order or they'll replace it for free. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash penaddict. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash penaddict and let Trade find you a coffee that you'll love. That URL one last time is drinktrade.com slash penaddict for $30 off. And don't forget about Mother's Day coming up in the US. Don't worry, it's already passed in the UK. I don't want to freak anyone out. A Trade yeah. subscription is the perfect gift for the coffee lovers in your life. Our thanks to Trade for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, Mike, leading into some Ask TPA uh-huh. that we'll, we'll get to towards the end of this show, I had a broader Ask TPA question. Um, it's actually come up a couple of times in the past few weeks um, because I've created something a little bit different. Um, and it also kind of relates to my planner choice for this year. So right. previous to my Hobonichi planner that I'm using this year, I used a William Hanna planner, right? We've discussed this many times on the show, but essentially I changed the format and uh, to be more useful to me. So I have this great William Hanna cover, this disbound system, this A5 size notebook. What am I going to do with it um, since I'm not using it on the daily for planning? And I, I thought about it for a while and I kind of had this idea for a while, but it took me a while to actually execute on it. But the Atlanta Pen Show was the impetus for me to get this done. And what I've done is made this into a loose leaf paper sampler notebook. Mm. And it lives on my desk and I love it. And so I, I've had a couple people ask me, you know, completely unaware that I've done this. Hey, what do I do with loose leaf sheets can i create like a loose leaf notebook can i should i get like a disc bound system should i buy the hole punch should i buy all of these things to build kind of the loose leaf notebook that i want with the paper that i want and you know the short answer to that is yes the long answer we'll discuss <laughs> we'll discuss now because i have this great piece of kit right this william hanna notebook you know i love it i love the leather cover um i got to build out you know the interior and the stitching and things like that so i've got this whole great A5 system. And then I noticed that I had a pretty good quantity of top-bound A5 pads, you know, non-bound, you know, non-hardbound notebooks, you know, just glue-bound at the top to where, like, the pages just rip off or even perforated, but most of the ones I had are glue-bound. And with papers that I love using... Um, I'll, I'll refer to Life Bank Paper repeatedly through through this conversation, but that's kind of the one that got me started. It's one of my most used, just general writing papers. It's kind of my favorite. It comes in an A5 top-bound glue pad. Well, that binding is very easy to remove the pages from. You know, it's a very clean tear, if you will. And I end up having just, I'd use those sheets and ended up having stacks of loose sheets. I was like, well, what if I got a hole punch to put in my disc bound William Hanna system? So that's the thing about disc bound planners, right? You, if you're going to add in papers that these planner systems don't sell, so it doesn't have to be William Hanna, you know, Levenger has their system, Staples has their system. I'm sure there's a couple more, but they all kind of use a universally sized disc to hook these papers into, right? It's not... Um, you know, it's not a, uh, it's kind of an open-sided, 
you know, paper punch. Um, you're not putting holes in the paper. You're putting these notches in that the pages fit around these discs. So they're easily to, easy to add into a notebook and remove from a notebook, right? That's the big selling point of these disc-bound systems, right? They're modifiable very, very, very easily. So what I did was decide to gather up all of my, anything that can be made into a loose A5 sheet mm-hmm. and put it in this notebook. So the first thing I had to do was by a punch for that, Mike. So I talked about this punch decision, this hole punch decision, or disc bound punch decision, um, a lot on stream. Did a bunch of research. You know, Levenger makes one. Um, Atoma is kind of the big, the big brand. Uh, they make very, very high quality, expensive. You know, almost industrial strength type hole punches. So that's another one to check out. That's one I actually had on loan from a friend. I had an Atoma. Um, and then the sta- staplers, excuse me, staples, Arc Punch. Arc is their brand. Um, and Levenger's is Circa. Circa is their brand. Um, and they all have different punches for um, their individual systems, but they all are interchangeable in usefulness, right? You can punch pages in a staples Arc hole punch or discbound punch that fits in the Levenger system or that fits in the William Hanna system. So they're all kind of cross compatible. So I went with the staples one. Um, they're not cheap. And this is the cheapest one. And it was like $45. Like the Atomas can be like $125, right? They're, they're like, you know, made to withstand, you know, <laughs> tornadoes and hurricanes, things like that. The staples is a little bit smaller, you know, a little bit more, fewer, uh, fewer metal bits, you know, the, and a little bit lighter weight, but these are big hole punches. And um, it's been great. Like this Staples Arc Punch has been great. So you're, if you're going to commit to building this type of system with a disc bound system, you're going to have to buy a punch because you're not going to be able to buy pre-punched paper except from the brands that you're choosing to buy from. And that kind of defeats the purpose of this whole experimentation notebook that I have now. So I ended up finding nine different loose sheet a5 papers and had the most fun (laughs) punching all these sorting them out in my notebook and now they all of these papers i have one notebook the william Hanna, that has life bank paper plotter paper kokuyo business a5 paper we'll talk about that one the vintage writing pad that anna from the well-appointed desk made with this asleek paper I have a Life A5 standard paper with a two millimeter grid. I have the, the Clairefontaine Triomphe. I have classic Tomoe River. You know, I have A5 sheets of that. Or you can take A4 sheets like the Sands and Tomoe River successor, successor paper that I had that was um, in big in A4 sheets. Fold them in half, cut them to make some A5. I have the Mormon Croquis. Oh, I actually have 10 papers. There's another one down here. The Mormon uh, Spiral Note. It's a dot grid. So these are all papers that I enjoy using. They have different features that I like about them or differences between the pages that make them worthwhile to have all of this variety. Like the Life Bank paper is probably my main just general writing paper. It handles fountain pens great. The ink behaves really well. You know, the plotter paper is thinner than the Life Bank and it's great for fountain pens. The Kukuyo Business paper is the one that you can buy in 500 page reams, like from Amazon.com, and make your own notebooks from. Like a lot of people do that. This is kind of the best fountain pen friendly 
you know, printer paper, if you will. It's a little bit more expensive than traditional printer paper, but mm. it's like 500 sheets for 17 bucks, right? It's really not expensive relative. So, and on and on and on. You know, I have Tomoe River to test, then I have the Tomoe River successor to test. And just all kinds of different pages for all types of different situations. Most of it for me is, I don't use this as a journal, right? I'm not like writing notes in here and, you know, keeping these. This is more of a moving the pages in and out, say ink testing, note taking, you know, experimentation notebook that I'll just grab and say, hey, how will this work on this paper? And I pick up my William Hanna notebook. It comes with dividers. So like I have three dividers in this notebook and then each other little section of paper I have at the first page of each new section of paper because not all of them are divided by the 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 thicker William Hanna uh, dividers. I put a little piece of washi tape and note, right? I, I write a note on what this paper is so I don't get confused on what's what, where does it start, where does it stop because some of the paper does look similar. Like, you know, some of it's easy to tell apart, some of it's not so easy to tell apart. So I marked the front of each page with a piece of washi tape to know where it starts and to know where the next paper to know where it ends and where the next paper starts. And then on the first page, I wrote the name of each brand. And that's how I build like a little loose leaf testing notebook that is really, really useful for someone like me who tries a lot of things, tests a lot of things, wants to see, you know, I can quickly answer a question. How does, you know, X nib on X ink work on X paper? Well, I have a set of 10 papers here that are right at hand that I know exactly what they are, where they are. And I don't have to go hunt them down. And they're all like self-contained in this notebook. And I'm thrilled with my little setup here. And it's I'm a good not system because I mean, you could change things in and out too, right? Really easily, like add a new paper, remove exactly. an old paper. Like it really kind of, kind of. You um, how are you keeping them separate? Yeah, just by um, just marking them with the the front page with the washi tape. So I have three dividers in here. Okay. Then so in it's between just the washi those tape, di- not not yeah. dividers. So like say like in between divider one and divider two, there are three brands of paper. So there's three different sections in that one divider grouping, right? Right. So no group has more than like three sections. So sure. in between the next two dividers, I have one, two, again three. Then like the back section with no divider dividers, I have two, you know, two sections of paper. So sure. yeah, just like that. Okay. So a little bit divider, a little bit washi tape. I don't want to put too many dividers in because then it just unnecessarily bulks it up. Yeah. So um, a few dividers and then a few subdivided washi tapes um, to to mark where uh, the papers change. Most of them is, is just visual. Like I could see it, but I don't want to be confused. If like, you know, some of the paper, like, you know, you can't, tell just readily like the Kikuyo business and the Clairefontaine Triumph if I sat them side by side I could 100% tell the difference but if they're sitting next to each other in the same stack could I sort out those pages like immediately no I'd have Mm. to do a little testing to figure it out so I want to make sure to mark those and then I won't put those close to each other in the book either in case I like jump in the middle um kind of like how I do my regular planner and miss the dates but um I just uh yeah it's I was shocked at how many loose-ish A5 sheets I could gather <laughs> to put in this. Um, you know, 10 different 10 different uh, papers that were either either loose sheets to begin with or easily removable either from a glue, bound, glue binding or perforation. 
uh, it was great. I had so much fun putting this together and uh, it's a really cool looking notebook now and it's just kind of a mess in the most organized way possible and uh, super useful for like a pen addict like myself to be able to do all these different things with it. So yeah, I love it. So that's how I do it. If anyone has like specific questions for the few people that were asking me about it, um, hit me up. I'll, I'm glad to help you out. But the William Hanna Plana, the the Staples Arc Punch, you know, there there is a there is a cost to entry, right, for mm-hmm. building something like this. But uh, I I really enjoy this, and like this would be the book that I carry to pen shows just for testing purposes, right? Like it, it's very useful in that way, and that's why I built it before the Atlanta Pen Show, and it it worked out well. All right, this episode is also brought to you by our friends over at Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, your products, services, even the content you create. Squarespace has you covered. With Squarespace, you can use insights to grow your business. If you ever wondered where your site visits and sales are coming from and which channels are most effective, you can analyze all of that in Squarespace. Once you've got the data, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. And you can get stuck in with SEO tools. You can use the suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Squarespace really is a fantastic system. One of the th- my, my personal favorite things about it is you just get started. You don't have to like spend days setting up all the foundation of a website. You just get in, choose one of the beautiful templates, customize it, and in no time at all, you're ready to go. Go see this for yourself. Go to squarespace.com slash penaddict and sign up for their trial today if no credit card required. You can get your website website ready before you launch it to the world so you can see just how easy it is to set up. Then, when you're convinced, and I know you will be, use the offer code penaddict to check out and you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain at squarespace.com slash penaddict. Then when you sign up, use the offer code penaddict to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of the Pen Addict and Relay FM. One final thing before we jump into the STPA on the uh, loose leaf sheets, and you kind of alluded to this fact about moving the sheets in and out. It's good for uh, sharing your different types of paper with other people too. Yeah. Hey, do you want to try this type of paper? All I, I don't have to like tear them out of a notebook or carry around all these extra pads. I already have these hole punch samples basically built in and i just hand them out you know uh, oh you you've never tried bank f- paper here try this Amazing. so it, it's been really good for that really so cool enjoy it yep great all right uh i have some ask tpa questions for you brad first one comes via fibber i have a wacky idea why doesn't parker pens develop a parker 51 with a spring-loaded cartridge filling mechanism which would mimic the original button mechanism because pen brands owned by conglomerates are not interested in creating new products. Mm. That's the, that's, that's the mean answer. (laughs) The, the real answer is I wish they would, but the, the true answer is I wouldn't get my hopes up because Parker is owned by a conglomerate that is not necessarily, or at least from what I've seen, not interested in innovation. Right, they're just inst- interested in continuing the brand and making yeah. good pens. Like they make good pens, like Parker and Newell Rubbermaid. They make good products. I'm just never going to ask them to innovate, right? And that's what we're asking here. It's, hey, why don't you put in the time, effort, and money into making something cool and representative of the past, 
And that is never going to get you into a meeting in the boardroom at the conglomerate. It's just not. No. Um, and also as well, like some of these things, they are, um, they're more for us. Yeah. Right. Like, and these larger companies maybe don't, it's not necessarily the best move for Mm -hmm. them. Right. You know? So this is why we're happy to have someone like uh, Brian Gray at Edison Pens who invents or recreates crazy filling systems and vintage filling systems. You're just going to have to pay the price for that, right? The price that that Parker's not willing to go in at um, because of the innovation and the scope of the work and the difficulty and the challenges and the small scale that someone like Brian works on. But then we get the cool things, right? That's how we're going to get the cool things. We're not going to get the cool things from um, a, a brand owned by a conglomerate. Yeah, it's it's just not going to happen. No, no. All right, Ginger asks, well, writes in and says, Ryan Holiday talks about how he keeps a commonplace book. As pen and ink aficionados, how would you keep a commonplace book? Would you use a journal? Would you use blank cards? Brad, do you know what a commonplace book is? I 100% know what a commonplace book is. I keep one. So Yeah, well, you... I, this is where I first heard about this was in Refill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've shared this link. I didn't go look at the video. I'm assuming it's the same video, but Ryan keeps the most elaborate note card. It's this bin, huge box of note cards. Bin system, yeah. 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 Like, it's literally, you would, like, put both of your arms around yeah. <laughs> to, like, carry from room to room, and it's done on note cards. So I use note cards for a lot of things. It's not for commonplace ideas and it's not for sorting. It's not for like Zettelkasten or any of those systems, which I think are just fabulous. It's just not necessary for someone like myself who's not trying to like write a book, right? A lot of Ryan's research comes into, hey, this is the book, Ben, and we're going to have all these cards and we're going to sort them um, thusly. So my commonplace book idea is I just call it more of a everything I book, everything book. Yeah. Um, just on like my most recent page today with my show notes, I have um, I have some writing. I uh, just on one open page here in my what I use my commonplace book for. On the left page, like two days ago, I just wrote kind of like a journal entry. On the right hand page, I wrote some feedback that I got from the PAR system uh, that I work for on for Panatic members. So I wrote some feedback notes in there. And both of those were in the um, traditional portrait format. And then on that same PAR feedback page for the show notes, I turned the notebook into a landscape format. And so my show notes are actually, um, you know, uh, 90 degrees turned from that feedback. So I keep them separately like that. I do a lot of thing in what I call my commonplace book. Is this also the book book where you cut things out and stick them in? Yeah. 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 So I have drawings in this book. I have cutouts in this book. I have things just, it's all kinds of bits of randomness, right? Um, I have all kinds of lists in this book. So yeah, it's just, that's my idea of a commonplace book. Um, it, Ryan's idea is a little little bit more of a tool, um, at least how as he goes through in this video, but I encourage everyone to watch it because it's, I was fascinated by this whole thing, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really neat. So um, I think just traditionally, most people use uh, just a basic journal as a commonplace book because you want it to be, at least I want it to be in my idea of it is it to be a singular self-contained book 
right? So when I'm done with it, I put it up on the shelf and then it exists and then we'll pick out another book. If I had a bunch of loose cards, then we're getting into uh, more of a system. And that's not how I think of uh, using or creating a, a commonplace type uh, of book, right? I don't want any commonplace to me is the antithesis of system, right? It's the it should be the complete opposite. It, that's how that's a personal definition. Whether that's the actual definition, who can say? But that's that's kind of the beauty of what a commonplace book is. And from France, I'm mostly satisfied with my nine fountain pens and ink collection that I've got, and I'm buying new ink or replacement ink bottles occasionally when they run out. Am I regressing now that I'm checking out some fountain pen ink rollerballs and Japanese mechanical pencils? <laughs> Brad, am I in danger? You are in danger, Franz. Run. Run. You're in danger. Um, if you're if you're emailing a podcast about pens about wondering about new pens and pencils, you're in danger. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's one and the same. But it's so this is a, actually a really I enjoyed this question a lot. It's great to be super satisfied with what you're using, right? Like that's a challenge that is lost on me a little bit just because of the access that I have and the job that I do requires me to use a lot of different things all the time. It's really nice to just be able to be content. I am very mm -hmm. content with, you know, Franz in Franz's situation, my nine fountain pen, nine fountain pens and ink collection. Super, super content. I'll buy, you know, new ink when I run the ink out. That is awesome, and you should try to to remain that way. Am I regressing now that I'm checking out some fountain pen inks, rollerballs, and Japanese mechanical pencils? No, you're broadening your horizons. I just think with, and just in general terms, rollerballs and mechanical pencils, it's a much smaller scope of what you will enjoy. Um, you will, how do I say this? With fountain pens, if I like fountain pens, I have a lot of different options mm. that are going to check all my boxes. With rollerballs, that scope of options is much more finite. So I'll find one or two mm. pins that, hey, this is really good. But by the time I get to three, it starts to get repetitive, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't need the other things, right? Where with nine fountain pens, you could do nine different things. With nine rollerballs, how much different are you going to do other than looking at the cool colors on the outside of the pen or the cool clip or the cool materials? Same thing with mechanical pencils, right? You can have one or two that you really, really enjoy, but by the time you get to three and four, are you really replacing what you have in one or two? So to reverse the joke, I don't think you're in danger because the scope of, of quality options in those two realms is very repetitive right? So you, if you find one or two things, you're kind of done. Like if you already have this situation where you're content with your nine fountain pens and ink, you're not going to find nine rollerballs and nine mechanical pencils to go along with that. You'll find one or two of each and you'll be done. So I think, I don't think you're in danger. I think, uh, I think you're in a really, really good spot to be perfectly honest. I mean, I'm definitely one to encourage exploration within mm -hmm. hobbies. Mm -hmm. So I encourage yeah. this. Yeah, absolutely. If you would like to send in a question of your own, there's a few ways you can do that. You can use hashtag AskTPA or question mark AskTPA in the RelayFM members Discord, or you can email them to hello at penaddict.com. We have some emailed questions that are longer that I promise we will get to at some point <laughs> in the future. I'm going to get right yelled now, at Brad, by the time I answer these. I know. I'm, it's like, I'm, I needed that answer a month ago, Brad. I'm like, eh. 
you know. I'm well, struggling here, bud. My energy I know. is falling long off the show, Long show today, chat. Long show yeah. today. Good show. Uh, if you want to find Brad online, you can go to penaddict.com. He is at Dowdyism and at penaddict on Twitter and on Instagram. And he streams three times a week at twitch.tv slash penaddict. I'm at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Uh, you can find me on Twitch too at mike.live. I stream every Friday. I've got a stream coming up this week, which I'm excited about. Um, and then next week, Brad, I'm going to be trying to dismantle an Apple Magic Keyboard to extract the Touch ID sensor. Ooh, that should be That's really going to be a whole thing. Interesting. Yeah, yeah that's going to be a whole thing. Uh, if you want to find show notes and links and everything for this episode, you can go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 511. Thanks to Canalea Penco, Trade Coffee, and Squarespace for the support of this episode. But most importantly, thank you for listening. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.